electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. I'm Scott Wapner, and you're listening to CNBC's Halftime Report, the podcast, the most profitable hour of the trading day. We record this live weekdays at 12 Eastern. Listen in. All right, Carl, thanks so much. Welcome to the Halftime Report. I'm Scott Wapner, front and center this hour. The only question that really matters to your money, are we about to have the biggest correction of the year or not? And which stocks might be the most vulnerable? We'll debate that with the Investment Committee this hour. Joining me today, Stephanie Link, Kerry Firestone, Joe Terranova, and CNBC's Jim Cramer. He is the host of Mad Money, and he is at the desk with me today, and I'm so happy about that. Let's take a look at stocks today. You see the wall. We're down across the board, except for the Russell, which is getting a lift, but it's been down lately and down a lot. But the Dow's holding on to 35,000. It's a loss of 40 points. The S&P is a fractional loser today by just about six. NASDAQ, let's just call that flat. But, Jim, I do think it is the the big question. Are are we on the cusp of a substantial correction or not? You look at what happened yesterday. We had Jonathan Krinsky on. We like to track him because he knows the technicals Mm -hmm. as well as anybody. Mm -hmm. Okay, he said he thinks we might be and not to buy the dip. Let's listen to what he said. And I want your reaction on the other side. Here's Krinsky yesterday with us. We're seeing the weak areas of the market remain weak and even get weaker. So we're talking about, you know, the K-Web, China Tech, uh, the ARC funds, um, the SPAC. So those are areas of the market that, you know, typically have seen decent rotations, um, you know, throughout the year. But the last few weeks and, and even the last couple of months, really, they're just not responding to the upside um, like they have in the past. Is that an issue? Small caps, he points out, have been weak. The semis. And we'll go through some of the data. What do you think? Semi's making a stand here, I think. And NVIDIA, obviously, is now the most important semi. And we'll hear from them. Taiwan semi, by the way, not in America. It's now the largest (laughs) Asian company. Look, there's this guy. Uh, He works for um, Illumina and Pfizer. He's not really an analyst. Dr. Gottlieb. But he's talking about a peak in Delta. And he's not talking about DAL. And I want to know. You want to be short, a big (laughs) short, ahead of a peak? How, how right, as opposed to the CDC and the FDA, has Dr. Scott Gottlieb been? I think that if you came in short ahead of a peak of Delta, you're going to be wished that you were on the wing of Delta in that famous twilight zone, <laughs> hanging on by, the, by your fingernails. So I don't want to short it here. I don't want to buy. I want to buy the dip because I, I bet on Gottlieb, who, by the way, is on the boards of, of, of Pfizer and Illumina. Because you have to say that, apparently. He does. He does. And for good reason. So you like Tom Lee, then. We still want to, quote, unquote, lean in on this weakness even harder after Tuesday's sell-off. UBS says we believe upside remains for the markets. They think cyclical parts of the market, including energy and financials, are likely to lead the next leg of the rally. Well, I'm not sure about uh, energy because there are, se- there are second, secondary issues there. One is uh, OPEC plus not so good. But I still think people have to be thinking about Venezuela. If they come back online, you really don't want to – you do not want to own oil. Maybe Tom Lee's uh, – Peace is being referred as by anything in the world, including the kitchen sink. And it doesn't I mean, seem he is fair the, to me. You know, Mr. Everything rally. <laughs> well, so. I know, but that, does he really want that? I mean, I got Mr. Wonderful. Now I got Mr. Everything. I got too many misters. 
<laughs> Steph, um, <laughs> what, what do you think about this, this notion of being on the cusp of, of a correction? Krinsky says, don't buy the dip. It was a powerful note that was out yesterday, and the market seemed to go weaker on it when he came on to discuss it. But then you have the Tom Lees and the UBSs of the world and others, and Jim, who's defending this market. Yeah, and I'm defending the market as well, and I have been for a while. And I point to the liquidity and how, how much there still is in the system. I know it's not as much as it was, but it, it's a lot, <clears throat> excuse me, it's a lot. And we're getting more, likely, in terms of the infrastructure bill. I don't know the size of that, but we're getting more. Um, the Fed is not going to do anything other than talk about tapering. And then maybe they taper, but they're not going to be increasing rates. So rates probably stay around uh, one and a half, two percent. That's really positive for corporations. That's really positive for the consumer. We've got to get through Delta. Um, and we will. I, I have no idea the timing of that, but we will. And yes, Dr. Scott Gottlieb is the person that I pay attention to. But some I also say it's look this weekend. The UK trend. Some say it could peak this well, weekend. Well, I know some. I, well, you know what? Um, my portfolio is all about Delta peaking, quite frankly, right? Um, I don't know the timing of that, though. Um, I can just speak to the stocks getting hammered in terms of the reopen names. And so that's where I find the most value, quite frankly, in the market. But we have to get through Delta first. Then we have to get through seasonality because August and September are really crummy months for the markets. Uh, so we've got to make a shopping list. And uh, as I say, the reopen names are the ones I like. Why do I really want to stay involved? Not only is it liquidity, but it's the economy is actually fine. It's strong. Both mm -hmm. consumer and manufacturing and mm -hmm. earnings are strong. Okay. They're not going to be as strong, but it's, it's going to stay elevated and above trend. All right. Well, we, we're going to discuss that in a minute because some of the data this week makes you think as though the consumer is about to go off a cliff and they're hanging on for dear, dear life. And we'll get to that in a second. But, Carrie, what's the most important thing you're watching today? Well, I think the fact that the market is roughly flat today is pretty good news because yesterday people might have been listening to Jonathan. They were selling stocks and the market started to come down pretty hard. You saw a lot of the high beta stocks really take a hit and that began to sort of feed on itself and people saying, whoa, you know, this is bad. GDP growth is not going to be as strong as expected. Consumer spending wasn't as great in July. So I think today's action is a little better than I had expected. So I'm, uh, I'm comfortable with that. It, it's interesting. If you look at what's been going on under the surface, we know the market's been grinding higher. Can we just look at a little table that Vinny put together? And you can see that, oh, this is over the last six months. I took it in three-month um, segments. Uh, first three months, February to May, you had much stronger numbers from Caterpillar and J.P. Morgan. That was financials, cyclicals, value stocks. Then you had with Apple and Microsoft. Then you had May to August, much stronger Apple, Microsoft than the other two. If you look at the six months, in particular the last couple of months, who has been beating the S&P of that group? Only Microsoft. But the top of the S&P, the top 25 stocks in the S&P for the last three months, there's only five of them that have market caps over $200 million. The majority are $50 billion or less. So that says that people are being discerning. They're looking for what companies really have growth over now, guidance over the next year or two. That's good. That's good for the market. You spread it around, I think, even though you, know, you might not have the action from Amazon that you like. But having more participants and discerning type of environment, it, to me, speaks to some 
underlying strength in GDP and the economy, as as Stephanie and Jim were saying. All right. So, Joe, who do you agree with in, in terms of everything that you heard and Krinsky in context, too? Wow. There's a lot to unpack there. Well, as it relates to uh, Jonathan Krinsky, a correction of 10 percent takes you down to the 200 day moving average. I don't think that's where we're going. Buybacks are way too strong. This is going to be a historic year as it relates to buybacks. And I think there is what has not been priced in is that maybe uh, the tax policy that will be presented to Congress at some point won't be as onerous as a lot of people have priced it in to be so far year to date. I agree with Jim on energy. Uh, commodities are not something that I want to touch. I spoke yesterday about the rest of the world having this uneven recovery relative to the United States. I agree with Carrie and Stephanie, where I believe that the Delta variant peak is coming. You are seeing a lift in Treasury yields. I think the right place to be, as I've been communicating to you, is going to be financials. You're removing a lot of that global risk. You're seeing some of the banks that are recovering. That's a place that I want to be. And I think the troubles that exist right now as it relates to the Chinese regulatory actions. I think that's going to continue uh, to make mega cap technology really a port of flows. So you're going to see a lot of capital flows in a safe haven capacity ah, okay. going towards those names. All right, because I'm glad you end there, because that's kind of where I wanted to go next. And Jim, I'm wondering if, you know, dare I say, is Apple the key to the market right now? And the reason I say that is because how can you have a larger correction if Fang Plus, if Apple and those big mega cap technology stocks keep going up? Or at the very least, don't go down. Well, I, I think that, uh, as Kerry mentioned, Microsoft. Uh, we all like Microsoft. That's at its high. Apple was a Basically point at off its, its high. high. Uh, Katie Huberty with the piece that, frankly, mm-hmm. concerned me about uh, App Store, but otherwise not. Uh, we know, let's address uh, Krinsky head on on the semis. The semis that are weaker are Apple-like semis. So I totally understand the cross-currents. You mean like what? Like Skyworks kind of well, thing? Is that what you're talking yeah, about? Skyworks. And, and, but I come back and I say, all right, look, look, let's just understand. These companies are the stalwarts. Uh, I sure, yes, I do wish that Amazon were going up, but Amazon is being viewed as, a, as not a good opening trade. But when you have, my, you have good leadership here. You have good leadership. And I think that chart that you put up that shows Caterpillar as the one that's been falling uh, and the winners, that's it. I think that is the market. And let me throw in a wrinkle. And I know that Stephanie will have something to say about this. We have seen a re-rating of the drug stocks. And a lot of people felt that was slow down. I am now beginning to feel it's Democrats not having any strength to rein in price increases. So we are seeing the drug stocks break out, and it is not, Stephanie, pricing in a slowdown. It's a re-rate of a group that actually has lagged the stock market for a long time. Steph? Yeah, it definitely definitely lagged for a long, long time. But I also think that the pharmaceutical companies offer very compelling dividend yields. Hmm. You know, rates are still so low. And you have some of these companies, some of the drug companies, three, four, five percent. And you know what? Those dividends, most of them are very safe because there's so much free cash flow at these companies. So I totally agree with you. In fact, I recently added to J&J. I know it's at its highs, but it's at 18 times forward estimates. And I get a two point three percent dividend yield. And you know how many times has he beaten and raised in the last year alone? And I think that's going to continue. Yep. And Steph, just don't mean to interrupt, Judge, but uh, when you have a, a va- vaccine that's been pulled out of a major drugstore and the stock keeps going higher, what does that say about that one? <laughs> 
I mean, if they pull it out on another one, does it go to 185? Health care has been great. Are, are we, look, and there are a number of positive calls on the fangs, right? You, you were talking about Amazon. Alphabet's price target gets raised to 3200 from 3000 reiterated by at Loop Capital. Facebook gets uh, price target raised to 419 from 395 I mean, do you subscribe to that notion that you cannot possibly have a pullback of magnitude if big tech doesn't pull back in magnitude? Well, I mean, what, what's going to drive the, the market lower? Well, I know that uh, Carrie and I have been in the business for a long time. When she was at Fidelity, you often had, uh, let's say, mutual funds having to do some selling and locking things in soon. Uh, Ms. Firestone, are we, if I am at the big dog, so to speak, would I be thinking about locking in gains just because of the, uh, the calendar? Yeah, well, locking in gains, are you talking specifically about Amazon or th- that kind of um, big name or just w- what could be going on under the surface? Okay, target up 44%. 44%. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, well, look, sure. I don't know what Brian Cornell could have said. You know what? And personally, like, you kid, there's a line into our stores, and I'm looking at Walmart up 4% and Target up 44%. And I said, well, i got to lock in that Target. That thing is just a, you know, nothing can beat that I, at I this had point. I had people at Kerry, you know, we had people yeah. on the show yesterday, whether it was Weiss or Pete or, you know, whoever the last couple of days, not looking to lock in gains on a Target, looking to up more because they think that stock has a lot of yeah, momentum. But- yeah, but 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 I think what what Jim is saying it's you know it's the middle of August mm-hmm. and as Steph said you have a tough September often so if you're going on vacation for a couple of weeks until Labor Day seriously why not sell some Target sell a big piece you've got this uh, you know monster stock and well, no they one's doing that. that well, no one's Brian doing that. Said, you're down you know, one percent. No one's doing that. And by the way, when Jim sat down, the first thing you said was, "Doesn't feel like August." Because well, it's it going on for it to be August. Yeah. No, I went to Martha's Vineyard a few. Uh, uh, it's I not know, myself 25 years ago, and I took everything off the table. And people since then have always felt that I was a genius. No, I didn't have a phone. <laughs> this this idea. The, the, you you said something you earlier. You had a fax machine. Had a fax machine. <laughs> That's exactly right. I had the fax machine. <laughs> I was in some sort of Abel's Hill, and I would come back and I'd say, say to Karen Kramer, "So like, did we miss anything?" She goes, "Who knows? <laughs> Who cares?" <laughs> You said something earlier I thought was interesting in a conversation with Carl on Squawk on the Street that you're, you know, this week you got the bad retail number and it followed the sentiment number, which was really ugly. And then people sort of started to assume, okay, this may be the beginning of a downturn because the consumer is obviously buckling up because the Delta variant. You get these retail numbers. You said today, I'm not willing to say that. I'm not willing to suggest that everything has just changed. No, I mean I've got home builders came into me in the last in the last 24 hours, actually in the last five hours, saying ignore that number, ignore that number. I've got retailers and whether it be Walmart or Lowe's, hey those matter, saying listen things are really great. And I I come back and I say well okay well where is it already reflected and where is it not? If you want okay. to do stock selection, okay, all right because that's what I'm thinking. It's like okay things were great, the quarters were great. Are they still going to be great? Because of Delta. Well, but, but, but Marvin, Marvin Ellison said August is running well. Well, you got Marvin Ellison on tonight, so yeah. you're going to get into that with him. I'm, I, I know. And, and Joe, I want to ask you. today, uh, right? Stock up 20. I mean, what is that like? They talk about you want small cap? Small cap is up 20. Hey, Joe, I wanted to ask you about the energy trade. I mean, to me, you and I are on the same page on this. Uh, so where's the inflation that we're all so worried about right now? Could that be peaking along with Delta? The inflation is in the supply chain and it's in the transportation costs. And I think you heard that uh, with Home Depot. 
uh, the inflation's not represented in commodities. And the problem for a lot of these commodity names, Jim, they're all debt laden. I mean, if I was some mm. of these companies, I'd be doing secondaries to pay down the debt. I don't understand why they're not doing it. Yeah. They do it with all right. the do-it-yourself stocks. They should be doing it there. You know, uh, Cleveland Cliff's the only one I know that's really Aaron's out there. Right. Those guys, Cleveland Cliff's, are pretty smart guys. I don't know if anybody follows them. That's a, I mean, that's a huge Jim Labenthal, farmer Jim. The stock, farmer Jim loves that stock. I, mm-hmm. I first heard it on his show, when he was talking. I said, "Holy cow! It must have been like 12." He's, when he first liked he's it. loved it for a long time. He's bought more. Speaking of buying more, what do you do with some of these retail names today? The best in show of today is who? Well, Target or Lowe's? Lowe's. How about uh, a Stephanie Link favorite, TJ no matter X. what? How about TJX? Is that where you're going? Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's got, the, it's got a great chart. And I did go there yesterday, but it was really for a belt and socks. <laughs> it doesn't matter what you go for. You came, you spent money. Well, it's a big line to get in there, man. I'm not kidding. I mean, but I do, I do want to say that I keep coming back to Walmart. I mean, come on, this is, I mean, like, we were like looking at Home Depot, $40, $40 billion, nothing to sneer at. But Walmart, which I was up earlier, uh, has been in a straight line and is still not expensive relative to the others. So I'd love to hear what the group, what the investment committee thinks of Walmart. Yeah. Who wants to take that? Joe, do you want to take Walmart? And then, Carrie, you can weigh in on that. I mean, Walmart has been an underperformer. That's one of the reasons why everybody loves Target. If you put the charts next to each other, one looks like best in show and the other one looks like I don't know what. Yeah, Walmart more recently, though, is seeing a little bit strength in the performance. I don't own it. The index doesn't own it. We're in Target. We're in actually Lowe's. And I thought the, uh, the, the expense management it was such a critical save from Marvin Ellison and the team where operating margins were really good. And I think expense management is going to matter here looking forward. Two other names I'll put in the conversation, see if Jim likes them. I like Steph's TJX. Uh, the index owns Burlington and Ross Stores. Uh, both of those names, I think, have a lot of upside potential as you move towards the end of the year. All right. Now, here's the, an interesting thing, okay? Joe takes your question, well, and, then, and then my question, and he immediately pivots to TJX. I feel like that's... Bring me to Stephanie's name like, who hasn't even mentioned it yet. I feel like that's a statement in and of itself. You try and get people excited about Walmart, and they deflect, and they start talking about something else that they like even better. Well, maybe that's because they went to my Walmart in your Quakerstown, and really it was just astonishing. I call it Quakerstown because my wife calls that. It's really Quakertown. Uh, look, I, I just think I'm looking for something that's up for, not up 44. And I think that the problem, okay. Judge, is that stocks that are up for are up for a reason. But I do think that when I listened to Doug McMillan yesterday, that's a Doug McMillan who says, we've got an online and look out. It wouldn't be surprised me if that guy just didn't get, make every drug $4 to say generics. So if you want to go into and set up for Walmart Plus, you go in and you use the brick and mortar part and then you have stuff delivered at home. I, I think Walmart is just so chronically <clears throat> really undervalued here that I'm passionate. About. All right. So, Steph, I mean, why not Walmart? Hmm. Why TJX so passionately? And not as passionate as Jim is about a name like Walmart for such a tried and true value investor. And he says this thing is way too cheap. I don't I don't actually think 25 times forward earnings is cheap. Number one. Number two, this you have to learn about oh, the personalities of stocks, right? Walmart. I'm sorry, but Walmart go ahead. Yeah, well, why don't we just go Burlington? Have you been to a Burlington? I mean, have you honestly been there? I mean, it, it, it's a frightening, frightening place. I like the, I like the size up there. It's 37 multiple. But stuff. I mean, like Burlington, I went to the one near Coney Island. I mean, it's like my wife says, what are you doing here? I mean, like, it's, like, it's like a hand-me-down. It's like a goodwill. 
I like the So book. back to Walmart yes. for a second. Sorry for interrupting. Walmart I just had a Jim's face was like, oh. He was like, oh. Well, no. <laughs> well, we, Jim, we agree on so many other things. So we can disagree or, you know, be constructive on, on Walmart if you want to be. But I, this is what I'm telling you. It's 25 times is not cheap, number one. Number two, it's a consumer staple stock. It's actually considered a staple. And I think it's getting caught up in that, to be honest with you. You know, Staples haven't done anything uh, in, a, in a very long well, I time. I disagree. So it remember, it's the largest a- grocer, and Kroger is a grocer. Look at those two. It's being kept out of the grocery well, businesses on fire, Steph. Well, the grocery business is on fire, but, Jim, Walmart is actually, they are such a behemoth in so many other different things. I so, can't con look, anyone I into think this Walmart. Pe- <laughs> I, well, I just I don't I just don't think it's a value if it if it okay. were to pull back and I could get comfortable with earnings and it gets down to 18 times. Why I like TJ is a it has totally disappointed in the last year. So nothing. It's flat year to date. And that is because even though sales have been better than expected, margins have been under enormous pressure because of covid. Right. So now if you think. That, and if Dr. Gottlieb thinks that Delta is peaking this weekend, well, guess what? This is a reopen name. People want the treasure hunt in the Marmaxes. Home goods, oh my goodness. I mean, the numbers were, right. I mean, the, the open store only in home goods up 36% comp. Right, and they and, used the word phenomenal. You know, so I think that there's, so, so my point, my point is, you know, <laughs> I, I say this a lot, operating leverage, right? I mean, when you have top line doing well and you have margins actually starting to improve and can recover, that to me is an inflection point. And that's what's happening with TJ. And oh, by the way, I don't think it's just TJ. I do think it's Ross and as in Burlington as well. I think that off-price retailers are taking massive amounts of share. This company, it, it's, it opened down today, which was silly. Yes. Um, so I think you want to be buying TJ all day long because I think the earnings are at a trough. And so it looks expensive, but as they as margins improve, earnings go higher, and then it's not nearly as expensive, especially for again a reopen name. Carrie, you have something on Walmart, I'm told. Yeah, I, I think as Jim knows, everyone at Fidelity is a fundamental analyst, but a technician wannabe. And if you look at that Walmart chart going back to last December, it really looks like a U-shape that can break out. I mean, it's, it, it has a very, very good-looking chart, and they can both go up. You know, we don't own Walmart, but you look at TJX, it looks good, and Walmart ha- really, you know, Why don't you own it then? I mean, you just, made the, you just made the case for a breakout. Why don't you buy it? I mean, well, it's call possible. me crazy. Sounds to <laughs> me like you just made a case a for it. That's a possibility. That's a possibility. It is. But right? we don't I mean, own if, it right now. If you're not, not maybe explicitly telling other people it looks good and you should buy it, I want to know if you're going to buy it, right? I mean, that's what we sort no, of want to know. It's more of a cup and handle. We've got to do more work. Got to do more work. Uh, Jim Labenthal. <laughs> Uh, writes in, he says, he agrees on Cliff. It's his biggest position, he says. Wow. Never seen free cash flow like this. Debt will be zero in 12 months. After that, it all comes to shareholders. I mean, that that's a pretty good case too. for Cliffs, mm. right? the John Leisure of the cyclicals. So props to, uh, props to the farmer uh, for being in there. <laughs> Carrie, I'm coming back to you, um, and I'm glad Jim's on the show today to have this conversation. You sold Alibaba. Uh, better late than never, I guess. Oh, God. Jesus, really? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, you know, as, as, as I've heard people say on this show, maybe Liz Young said it months ago, 
we just like couldn't take it anymore. You know, you're under this pressure with a stock you think is very attractive with this, you know, huge market and a lot of growth. And the Chinese government is indecipherable. And, you know, they don't like Jack Ma. They don't like the business that Alibaba is in. There's a lot of pressure politically. You don't know whether it's going to get delisted. You don't know what's happening with the Ant financial IPO. So you, we, we can't as researchers make any coherent uh, predictions about what's going to happen. And it just for us, you know, made sense to sell it and yeah. use that Some, um, use that spot for someone else. Sometimes you just got to take a loss and move on. I mean, yeah. it's down 45 exactly. percent this year from its highs. It's a tough pill yeah. to swallow to actually sell oh, um, when the stock is getting hammered. I mean, you've suggested it's irresponsible. They, I think that's not, the word you use. They're irresponsible these, these are not to buy these stocks. stocks. I mean, if Deng Xiaoping, the late Deng Xiaoping, was a brokerage house, he would be you know, switching. He'd be going to hold the sale and cut numbers. I mean, Alibaba is, you know, they've they discovered uh, the uh, wonders of communism. They like to spread the wealth. They take it from the rich <laughs> and they give it to the poor. Robin, it does report today, but it's really kind of a fiction. There it's fact. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that report after the bell today. Yeah, I mean, why not? It's the first one. <laughs> I know. what they say. I'm looking forward to opening day. I'm looking forward to many things. I'm looking forward to that, too. Uh, also, Carrie, you, you sold Amwell, uh, American Wealth Corp. Yeah. Otherwise known as. Yeah, so that was, that was a you're right, small position. It's a small cap company, $2 billion. We bought it. It's virtual, you know, telemedicine. And we were disappointed with what they said on the quarter. We bought it after it had come way down. I mean, it, it was as high as 47. It went into the teens. We bought it. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's not, it's, as I said, small position, was not meeting our expectations. Maybe it will over time. Perhaps it shouldn't have gone public when it did. And it just makes more sense for us to sort of step away. Maybe we'll buy it sometime in the future. But um, it just was a, a good portfolio decision to Oof, make. Wow. I mean, well, the stock's only off 76 uh, percent off of its yearly high. So, you know, maybe that's the yeah. understatement yeah. of the year. Well, it's we didn't buy into it anything close to that. I know, but yeah. still. Well, we, we bought it close to this price. Yeah, <laughs> okay, exactly. OK. All right. But you get we, my point. <laughs> we thought we were getting a great, great price. OK. All right. It's beating context logic. You don't even focus on that. It's big. Yeah. Maybe we'll get to that later. Yeah. Way wish, later. wish upon a bear. Way later. All right. Both Disney and Netflix shares are down on the year, but both were just named top picks for the second half of the year. We'll have a debate on those trades coming up next in our call of the day. And a reminder, you can always watch or listen to us live on the go on the CNBC app. We are back on the half at two. Old Dominion Freight Line was built on keeping promises. With an industry-leading on-time delivery record and low claims rate, we keep promises better than any other LTL freight carrier because we treat every shipment like it's our most important one. Visit odfl.com to learn more. B2B selling is tougher than ever, and we feel your pain. If you're struggling to close deals, consider giving LinkedIn Sales Navigator a shot. This sales intelligence platform helps professionals like you engage high-value customers, drive higher revenue, and increase sales performance. Sales Navigator also guides you in targeting the right buyers, highlights key signals such as job changes or which accounts you should prioritize, and uncovers hidden hot prospects so you can find those buyers that are most likely to convert. Fueled by LinkedIn's 1 billion member platform, Sales Navigator gives you the most up-to-date first-party data, enabling you to unlock conversations with the people that matter. 
Right now, you can try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com slash halftime report. That is linkedin.com slash halftime report for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com slash halftime report and get started. Welcome back to the Halftime Report. I'm Rahel Solomon, and here is our CNBC News update at this hour. Afghanistan will not be a democracy under the Taliban, a senior member of the group, telling Reuters that the country will be governed by a ruling council. Another senior Taliban leader says that the role of women in the country will be decided by a council of Islamic scholars. Evacuations are more important than withdrawing U.S. troops from Afghanistan before an August 31st deadline. That's according to the chairman of the House Foreign Relations Committee. He says that U.S. forces should stay in Afghanistan past that date if they're needed to get Americans and Afghan allies out of the country. And on the news, the latest from Kabul and the Pentagon's response as more troops head to Afghanistan. Tune in tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern. Meantime, in California, the Calder Fire has doubled in size in a day. The wildfire has burned more than 53,000 acres west of Sacramento. At least 50 homes have been burned and two people have been sent to the hospital with serious injuries. And in Georgia, the state's election board has moved a step closer to taking over elections in Georgia's most populous county. Republicans have been targeting Fulton County, a Democratic bastion that includes most of Atlanta. You're now up to date. Scott, I'll send it back to you. Rahel, thank you very much. Before the break, Jim mentioned Roblox. Stock's getting a nice lift today. I mean, after being down. So what's right. up? What's well, we up had a great conversation now? last Joe's night. Joe owns it, and I want to get Joe's opinion, oh, but I want to hear oh, you on it first. Okay, we had a great conversation with Roblox last night, and it's very clear that uh, July is very good. People are then wondering, well, wait a second. What happens people go back to school? I think they do their homework, and then the kids go on Roblox. Yeah. I, think it's a, I think it's really part of the firmament, and only if you have kids do you really know it. But we're talking metaverse, and don't laugh about metaverse, okay? Not because laughing. Unity Unity likes it. Zuckerberg said it's the most important thing in the world. When I talk to Roblox, what are they talking about? They're talking about virtual concerts. I'm talking about something that like, was like the number, the Black Mirror uh, season three. Uh, and, but I am talking about the idea of getting together with Beethoven, Brahms, Bach, getting together with Matisse, Cezanne, uh, Rembrandt for a little diversity, maybe Rothko. Yes, I'm talking about having guests over and programming them, holograms that I talk to. Maybe I program all of them to say mad money's great, or maybe I just listen. But that's what the metaverse is. Let's start realizing you can be part of a whole new universe that really is a lot better than this one where they don't even talk COVID. So, bottom line, there's upside in this stock? Yes. Joe? Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, that's how you're going to grow the active user base beyond just you know kids under 12. You're going to grow it by the utilization of the metaverse. You're going to see the international expansion. You're going to have individuals like ourselves uh, who are going to be engaged with it. So I agree with Jim. I think the management team is doing an exceptional job. The recovery off of earnings was also something that I thought was uh, very compelling. And given where it is here, I, I think this is a stock, as I've said all along, that could go north of 100. So then, the, what, 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 but what I hear you guys saying, Jim, is that the pandemic, post-pandemic, doesn't matter whether kids go back to school or not, and they are. Um, their participation in this stuff tied to the pandemic doesn't necessarily matter because of all the things that you suggested 
are good right. for the stock. Now, it's a direct listing, and it doesn't really have the coverage that it should, but the, it's been around for 15 years. It's good cash flow, very good management, and I think that yeah. they are part of a new world uh, that if you don't have kids, you just think, well, what the heck is that? Uh, and if you do, you say, I hope that they're on Roblox and not watching TV. Joe, quick. I, I, I don't think I don't I don't think it's just a pandemic stock. I, I think it's unfair to call it a pandemic stock. Right. Well, that, was, that, right. that was the conversation going into the print. What happens when kids go back to school and they're not sitting in front of their computers playing video games or in the metaverse or or wherever? What's the impact on the stock? You and Kramer lay out a thesis in which that's not the most relevant thing. I think that's what I'm just trying to yes. distill down. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about Disney uh, and Netflix, by the way. Top picks for the second half of the year at Morgan Stanley. We spend a lot of time on Disney these days. We don't spend that much time, carry on Netflix, which you own, which you call a quote unquote yeah. to our producers, a crappy stock. What? In 2021. That's what Carrie says right here. I'm, what? I don't remember that, Steph. Did I say what? that? Why? Have you no. seen him? I, I said the stock. The, um, well, we have the excellent producers. The stock this year. The producers don't yeah. lie. Oh, okay. my God. I'm looking at Please, it right I now. Please, I apologize. Quote, it's been a crappy <laughs> stock in 2021. That's right. It has been, right? It's down 3%. The market is up 18%. So, yeah, I, 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 call, I call that worse names, in fact. Uh, but that doesn't mean <laughs> we don't think it's attractive now. <laughs> right. And... Uh, Netflix still has enormous base. Now they're starting to have more content. Last year they couldn't produce content. This year they are. Now we're going to see, after we've cycled over those big, huge gains during COVID, we're going to see that they will continue to grow once those comps get easier. And I am sure that they have pricing power. So talk about inflation. And Netflix is going to be able to raise the price. Nobody is going to balk when they raise the price a dollar sometime in the next six months per month. So we think there's a huge runway. The multiple has come down because the stock has been so bad. And it's possible that, you know, we can start to see big outperformance of Netflix over the next year. And that's why we own it. Well, it is water cooler talk again. After a pronounced period where even Reed Hastings had nothing good to say about the productions, I hear people now come and say, have you seen this? Have you seen that? And they're on Netflix. But can I just say something about Disney? You know, Disney's now back to where it was before that quarter. Disney's got Disney Plus if we don't Mm -hmm. reopen. And if we open, let's say that COVID peaks at 1147 on uh, Saturday night, okay? Do you want to be short Disney? I mean, it's the greatest, it's the greatest story I ever told you. You're getting it at 175 with that great quarter. Not, no one even cares? Does that, did, no one cares about JPEG doing a great quarter? What is that about, Steph, Judge? Steph doesn't care. She sold it a long time ago. She's like, I'm out. Steph, why do you hurt me? <laughs> <laughs> I actually think this Viacom Comcast deal is really qu- quite interesting. So it's a very competitive space, but that's the area that I would be playing. And I have, to, I have owned both Comcast and Viacom in the past. I have owned Disney. It all depends on the valuations. And yeah, it is sort of surprising that the stock is down 3% year to date. I wish it was down even more because I would certainly entertain getting back into it because exactly, Jim, what you said, you have a reopen piece, which is theme parks. And that did actually quite well in the quarter, uh, in the most recent quarter. And you have the stay at home piece with Disney Plus, right? And and then you have Hotstar, right? And you're going into Malaysia and you're going to Thailand and Latin America. So you're going to see the numbers at Disney Plus and Hotstar accelerate meaningfully, even in a competitive space. So I just, it's a price thing for me, and I'll, I'll keep watching the space in general. Okay. You may w- be watching it yeah. go even higher. That's what 
Jim saying? I might. I might. Well, I. <laughs> yeah, I have plenty I of reopened names, All right. Judge. <laughs> yeah. Joining us next, professional golfer Colin Morikawa. He is an Olympian, U.S. Open champion, and just won the Comcast Business Tour Top 10, which means he's got a lot more money than he did just a couple of weeks ago. Don't miss the first on CV NBC interview in just two minutes. What does it mean to be rich? Maybe it's less about reaching a magic number and more about discovering the magic in life. At Edward Jones, our dedicated financial advisors are the people you can count on for financial strategies that help support a life you love. Because the key to being rich is knowing what counts. Learn more about our comprehensive approach to planning at edwardjones.com slash findyourrich. Edward Jones, member SIPC. The number three golfer in the world, Colin Morikawa, is $2 million richer after taking the top spot in the Comcast Business Tour Top 10, fresh off his win at the Open and recently returning from the Tokyo Olympics. He joins me now. It's good to see you. Welcome. Thanks for having me. I gave you an extra major. I've got to take it back. I said you won the U.S. <laughs> Open. It's the Open Championship. I, I know you've got a U.S. Open in your future, but forgive me. I'm taking it back. No, you're good. You know, I, I, I've been pulled on with, with a bunch of pranks on the European tour. Um, I didn't think you guys were the type, but, you know, yeah. you never know. Yeah, never exactly. Know no, you can't trust us for sure. Um, you've been described. Uh, you're, first on, you're first on tour in Tita Green. You're first in birdie average. You were described, I just read today by Sports Illustrated, as one of the top five people to watch in the playoffs. I mean, you want to talk about a meteoric rise for over the last couple of years for you? What's that been like? Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, it's to be honest, it's crazy to think back two two years, three months ago. Um, I was still in college. I was graduating from Berkeley, and uh, now we're here, top five or top three in the world, um, and giving myself a chance to you know win the FedEx Cup playoffs. It's amazing. What do you do with all these earnings and this newfound wealth uh, that, frankly, you have? You have a lot of sponsors. I went down the list. Uh, it's Taylor Made. It's Adidas. People who watch you play know that, and they can see obviously your hat, uh, U.S. Bank, Therabody, Omega, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm assuming a lot of people are banging your door down. Yeah, uh, you missed one. I've got Zurich and you missed a couple. Zurich and Grant Thornton. Um, great partners, great sponsorships. Um, but to be honest, spending a lot of money on food, uh, that's about it. Everything else, thrown in the bank, thrown investments, uh, being smart with it. I'm still very young. I mean, I'm 24. Um, but, you know, I, I've got a lot of things in my life that I'm very happy with and um, for the most part, it's just, you know, I don't mind taking in, you know, a couple extra million, like you said. And yep. uh, it's great to finish that kind of regular season uh, first. I got the, the great Jim Cramer with me, too, uh, here. So if you have any investing related questions, you can throw anything his way. You know him. He can handle anything off the fly. What do you expect in the upcoming playoffs? Do you really feel like you're one to beat? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I've shown it throughout the regular season, obviously finishing first in this Comcast Business Tour Top 10. Uh, shows a lot of consistency, but this is a three-week stretch of uh, of a lot of golf. And, you know, I'm kind of looking at, at this kind of playoffs as a whole, um, not necessarily three separate events, but I want to peak in this final event because that's where it's all going to come down to. You know, you don't – yeah, you, you can win the Northern Trust this week. You can win the BMW Championship next, but to get that final prize and to finish out on, on top and finish first, um, got to play well that third week. So, 
you know, just prepping for those three weeks uh, to come. There's been a lot of conversation, uh, obviously, thinking about whether Tiger's going to be back and if so, when, what the state of the game is going into the future. Then, lo and behold, you've got some new faces like you uh, getting some major wins. Phil is still hanging around doing his thing. How, how does the state of the game feel to you? Uh, it's great. I, I think the game is growing, especially, you know, obviously COVID is very fortunate, unfortunate, and to see it you know, still around the world and, and getting worse. Um, it's tough, but I think it's definitely brought up the game of golf. It's opened it, opened its arms to a lot of people. And um, I think that's what golf needs. It needs more opportunity, opportunities. It needs to be a little more um, just including, you know, inclusion about just bringing people in to enjoy the game for what it is. And um, I was very thankful for my upbringing and how I was able to, you know, get into the sport. And um, hopefully a lot more people are, are have that opportunity as well because it's it's amazing sport to play. Described as one of the best shot makers on tour, they say. We'll be following you. Thanks for coming on. Best of luck. Thanks for having me. All right, that's Colin Morikawa joining us there. NVIDIA reporting earnings after the bell. The stock's up 50% this year, which means the pressure is on. You know how Kramer feels about NVIDIA. You know what he thinks about Jensen Wong. The question is, can he deliver another time? We'll ask him next. All right, I'm looking at my computer screen and I am looking at NVDA, better known as NVIDIA. $208.75 is the 52-week high. The stock currently sits at $194.12. It's up almost 40% in three months. I know you love the company. I know you love the CEO. He's on your Mount Rushmore. I know it. Yes. Well, actually, he's in the Louvre. All right, he's in the Louvre. Yeah. It's Da Vinci. Okay. Uh, okay, here's the... Where's the, Lisa Sue? <laughs> Lisa Sue, that's a very interesting question. She's at the door say. Um, uh, okay, so here's the problem. This stock has got two constituents. There's constituency number one, which loves it for what it does. And then constituency number two is just totally focused on the deal with Arm Holdings. I know you thought it would be Ethereum, but no. They, remember, he only throws the cards away. They get the bad cards. If he says anything about... Uh, where this deal is, and he, and he backs away at all, which I hope he doesn't, that this deal is going to be done, then I think that that's what the stock's going to trade on. I think there's a lot of people who wish he would walk away and just do a JV. And then there are a lot of other people who uh, want, to, uh, want the deal closed. I think one of these groups could sell, that's what I'm talking about, even if mm. it's a great quarter. Uh, the other thing you, you, you got to realize is that when you look at the metaverse, mm-hmm. it's all based on NVIDIA chips. And that's because Jensen Wong's not like us. You see, we can't envision things that he can't. We're mere mortals, and he he's is not a mortal. Not. not like that, but he wears this like motorcycle jacket. He's a great his daughter's a great cook. He's got a wine bar. He's actually a cool god. He is like he's like it's Mount Olympus out there. I'm telling you, this guy's a real deal. You also you said earlier today, he's Zeus. He's Mercury. He's he's Shazam. When, you know, when, so, a, so Hercules, when a stock is up like 50 percent year to date, because, people, because he sees I know, things I know, we but, don't. But but people sort of search for all these reasons as to why you shouldn't take anything off the table or it has so much more to go. And for a large number of people, that narrative is centered around crypto. You and that's said, so wrong. You said Rem- this morning, that's wrong. Don't Re- look remember, at it that way. Remember, g- gaming comes first. If the chip isn't up to snuff for gaming, then it goes in the scrap pile, and then it goes to Ethereum. If anyone's in there for Ethereum, I'm telling you, sell it now. Sell it now. Because you don't belong in the stock. You don't have the right to be an NVIDIA. <laughs> you just don't. 
I'm telling you right now, if you're in it for Ethereum, shame on you. You're not getting into the loop. Shame on you. <laughs> you're out. Yes. Joe T, it's in the Joe T. It, it, it absolutely is. This is a quality company. I agree with Jim. The concern I have is gaming. Jim, it's a little wobbly right now, isn't it? The game is, uh, yes, take you know, two is I mean, game. I, yes, 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 yes. You're right. Uh, I, you know, so that's the current concern I have. And then what kind of guidance here can I trust if he doesn't give any update on the arm deal? But remember, they're still backordered, all these different uh, game companies. And uh, some of these things, like the Twitch, seem to be just an addictive quality. I'm, look, I, look is it, it, it's been hurt. It was hurt by, by a inventory glut of Ethereum before they figured out how to handle Ethereum. But the one thing that I would tell you is, is that Jensen is going to come up with more things that make it so that we'll look back and say, you know what, that stock was not expensive. I remember a few years ago, it was actually selling at 18 times failing earnings, but it was selling at 100 times forward earnings two years before that. Uh, Stephanie, got <laughs> center will be incredibly strong. Give me something there. I know they're going to kill me, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Cisco. After the bell also, mm-hmm. right? It's like the also Who's ran kill or you? what? Yeah. Well, the producers are probably like, oh, yeah, my I God. Mean, I, I like this. Did this that. is what you do. Okay? <laughs> We're talking about Cisco. <laughs> Chuck Robbins. Pull it out. <laughs> Last, give me one so, quick. So enterprise spending. If this is an enterprise spend recovery story, this is a margin re- improvement story as the supply chains clear out a little bit. Low expectations, 17 times, 2.7% yield. It's one of my largest technology positions. All right. We'll take that break. We'll come back. We'll do final trades next. (laughs) Man, this has been too much fun. Um, You're going to have more tonight at 6 p.m. We mentioned Marvin Ellison. Who else you got? Well, we've got Cummins. I mean, look, they're the they're the green hydrogen company. Uh, Agilent, that is the company that is a weapons uh, master for all the companies that do genomics. I'm sure you're going to be thinking about Robinhood, the numbers. After uh, the look, bell, I think first the, the, I got three company. letters for Robinhood, AMC. And if they like AMC, they're going to love Robinhood, and the, they being the apes. What do, you, what do you seriously think about the stock from here? People I think watching they, now, it's like a sign-up stock. It's a not. Netflix stock. If you sign up, yeah, I'm just looking at sign-ups. If they go from 22 to 25 million, I want to uh, own the stock. Okay. Well, I will watch that uh, later on today. Uh, final trade. What do you have? Ford Motors down from 16 to 12 and a half. I think Ford's doing incredibly well. Farley I Ford. also think they got all the chips they want from Taiwan Farley. Semi. You love Farley. I, I, I love Farley because Farley loves profit, and he loves <laughs> race cars, and he loves to win. And he's not a loser. He says it's Ford versus Ferrari with that guy, believe me. I'm no expert, but profits, they're good. Yeah. All right. He's the profit of profit. <laughs> good stuff. Thanks for being here. Oh, Steph, it. final trade. Yes. GXO Logistics, it's the XPO spin. It's Mm. one of the largest logistics and supply chain services companies worldwide. It's a play on e-commerce, outsourcing, and warehouse uh, automation. The total addressable market is 400. Had total addressable market market a year. It's a good one. Carrie, just give me a name and then Joe a name. Salesforce. Ooh, happy. Joe? (laughs) I knew you'd like it. Say it again, Joe. Berkshire Hathaway. Oh, Berkshire. Berkshire All Hathaway. Right. All right. Good stuff. Thank you again. The exchange. Love now. being here. You've been listening to CNBC's Halftime Report, the podcast. You can always catch us live weekdays at 12 Eastern, only on CNBC. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Yeah! 
or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools.